And I just had this conversation with uh, a friend of mine and he has a lot of clients that are at 50 million a year, 100 million a year, or their companies are 50 million or 100 million. And now they're seeking joy because they realize that's that didn't do it for them. And so there's never a bad time to seek joy. There's never a bad time to seek healing. There's never a bad time to seek forgiveness. And it doesn't mean that they have to be different periods, but you know, you seeking joy now does not have to be separate from also chasing the money. Go make the money. Yeah, go for it, man. Do do your thing. Improve lives, you know, through that and help people through that and provide value, but also, you know, seek, you know, your forgiveness. Seek seek what you need to make you actually happy. And so start being that person that's happy versus always becoming that person. Because there's always a gap. If you're always becoming, if you're always going to get there and then get there and get there, then it's always away from you. Start embodying that person and you'll see things really change. Welcome to The Average Sucks Show. I'm Michael Burnoff, and super excited you're here today because the person that clicks on, subscribes, watches, listens to a show that is entitled Average Sucks is someone that wants to live an above average life, have an above average business, and get what they want in this world. And I gotta tell you, our guest here today is somebody that's got some tools and ideas that I cannot wait to interview. And one of the biggest reasons why is, this is someone that I personally coached years ago. It has nothing to do with the conversation here today, but over 10 years ago, I had a chance to meet this guy and watching him over the last decade plus, what he has done in the world is absolutely incredible. From being a best-selling author, he and his wife, to sharing with people how to generate hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of clients, a best-selling, a top-rated, number one trainer in the direct sales and network marketing industry, Ray Higdon does something incredible outside of that. And I gotta tell you, he has figured out something that I can't wait to talk about, how to live a life, getting what it is you want, and having joy in the process. So if you ever said to yourself, why is it that you know I work so hard, I'm not getting what I want, I wanna dig deep with this today, and I'm super excited. So Ray, officially welcome, a friend, and someone I truly admire, not just what they do in business, but truly the way they live their life as a as a father, as a as a husband, as a business leader, as a tycoon, if we can use that word, because that's truly, whenever you take over an industry and the majority of the people in the industry know who it is that you are, my good friend, Ray Higdon. So I'm super excited you're here, Ray, and I know we're not doing this face-to-face, -face, but Zoom's gonna do right now, which is gonna be our uh, home away from home. So I'm glad you're here and super excited. Hey, thanks for having me. Excited to be on. Absolutely. And we, we've known each other quite a while. That story, I'm going to tell you how we met. And you probably don't know the real story, how we met years ago and how we actually get introduced to each other. We'll do that midway through the show. So if there's I mean, anyone I, like I that, what, you, you know when you don't know. You don't know how your phone rang. So it's going to be really, really cool. You're going to get us a pat on the shoulder here uh, in a little bit. But I'm excited about that. I'm going to share that with you, how we came across each other years ago, how we originally met. So the big question I have for you is, uh, officially, I, I said what you're up to. I talked about it uh, with our group already. You heard me say it a couple seconds ago. If someone has been living under a rock, if somebody has not been on the internet, if someone is not an entrepreneur, has not turned on Facebook, has not seen your announcements, what you're up to, 
If you were to say who Ray Higdon is and what he's up to in the world right now, what would you, what would you say to people that aren't familiar with who you are yet? Like, what would you say who Ray is and what you're all about? Yeah. So I'm a father of four, um, yep. happily married, live in Naples, Florida. Our company is a um, coaching and training company for the network marketing profession. And, um, you know, we, we love that. Uh, before we were coaches and trainers, we were number one income earners in a company. And I think what I'm kind of known for is really helping people, A, be more consistent, B, get over their past trauma, and C, really stretch beyond their limitations of, of thinking. And so we've worked with some very, you know, high profile leaders in our space. And, uh, and again, you know, we love what we do. I, I love it. And the, the biggest thing I want to talk about today is because a lot of coaches and trainers out there and, and the advice for a lot of people listening right now, I mean, what would you say to someone that said they wanted to be a coach or a trainer? What would you say to them right now? That's an interesting question I'd like to throw out there. Um, if I, if I had to boil it down to one thing, I would okay. say, um, stop just giving information because the majority of people that hire a coach, they're hiring a coach because they're stuck or there's something in between where they are and where they want to go. And it's rare that it's just information that's going to get them there. It's usually emotion. It's usually some kind of past thing that is, they're drawing the wrong conclusion to that level of success because of something that happened to them as a kid or because their sister got less attention or more attention or because someone in their family made a bunch of money and lost it all. And so, um, you know, it's, I used to, for years, I was just an information coach of do these hashtags and this strategy and this script and this. And, and when, you know, when I saw people would do some of that, maybe not all of it, but wouldn't, you know, very rarely would transform. It's like, it's, there's gotta be something else. And so I dug inside myself and found all my programming or at least most of it, or maybe all of it, I don't know. Um, and that allowed me to say, Hey, this was holding me from that. There must be things holding them from that. And so I, I would say it's not just information. It's also emotion. I love it. I love it. So you've been through a lot of transitions. I've known you now, I mean, we're going like 10, 12 years. We've known yeah. each other and I, I mean, you've extra kids now you didn't have your, you know, <laughs> there's several houses. I feel like I'm, I'm building those with you online, which is awesome. <laughs> so inspiring. So, so walk, walk me through this. So I, I believe one of the most exciting things is the majority of people listening to this, watching this right now are either helping an entrepreneur build a company or they're an entrepreneur themselves. So whether it's direct sales, a lot of our clients are, you know, they brick and mortar businesses, real estate, you name it. We get everything from people that run billion dollar companies to people that own five orange theories. You know what I'm saying? They've got gyms and different types of things. So sure. and what, I, what I'd love to, what I'd love to really talk about here right now is really looking back. So there's a guy named Ray. Ray was 18, 19 years old. How did you get introduced to direct sales to start with? Like, cause I know when we met, you're a leader in the industry, you were doing great playing with precious metals. I'll, I'll bet that's the way to put it. Right. And that's how we met. How did you go? Because I know my story. I know the I know the day, the moment when I was first introduced to direct sales network marketing, and that was my my beginning. You and I have very similar paths uh, that we started on. What was the transition like? Where did you start? Like, where where was it before you were in direct sales and network marketing? Before you became an entrepreneur, who was Ray? So. Um, I've always I've always had a strong work ethic, and and so wherever I go, I would 
just work and and work my way up, whatever that was. And so I had spent the last um, you know six seven years in the IT industry, and I'd work my way up to um, big corporation or yeah, I was working well first for five of those years. I worked for a county government, okay. and I worked my way up in the county government, and then I left to work for an insurance company. And so I had worked to a pretty good salary, at least for me, someone that didn't finish high school on time, never finished college. And, um, and I just found myself miserable. You know, I was, I had, you know, gotten to this place that I thought that I wanted to be, but you know, the more I work, the, you know, the harder I work, the more they would pay me, but the more they would demand of me. And so now at that point I had two sons and I'm barely seeing them because I'm just working all the time. And I look at my boss and his boss and her boss and, you know, they're all, um, you know, making more money than me, but also miserable going through challenges and, and having, you know, arguments with their family and stuff. And that was going to be my, you know, my future, I believe. And so I had some friends that were doing real estate. So this is the year, you know, 2004. And uh, some of my friends were doing real estate, you know, here in the state of Florida, just crushing it, just killing it. And were they investors uh, or were they showing in um, were they doing yeah. You know, some were mortgage brokers, some were investors, some were realtors, like, yeah. but all of them are making tons of money. And I'm like, man, if these knuckleheads can do it, I can too. And so um, way before I was ready or knew enough or had enough money saved, I left the corporate world, despite what everyone told me, you know, to do that I was crazy and everything. And I went into real estate. So I was uh, a combination of me and a partner were buying rental properties. We were flipping houses. We were fixing and flipping. And so we were just, we just dove in, took our home. Okay, so I, I'm going to stop right there. Cause I really yeah. want to dig deep in this. You want to talk about patterns and process. I, I'm like you. So this is really, really fascinating to understand. So you're an IT guy to start with, correct? Did you say IT? Yes. Okay. So I want to, I want to get really clear. Were you a misplaced IT guy that was truly a salesman deep down that what the, like my dad's an aerospace engineer, which is like an IT yeah. guy, right? So yeah. they're very literal and exact, which is, which is a lot. One of the things that does make you great at copy and stuff like that. You can finish what you start. Were you a misplaced IT yep. guy that was truly deep down a salesman or you converted yourself? Because this is something for people to understand. There's one of two transitions we go through. So talk to me about that. Because I don't know if you've ever been asked that question before. I haven't, um, but I know the answer because I've dug so much into my past and why I made major decisions. And yep. I've, I've, I just know why I've made it. Let's talk the map out, man. I want to, I want to break this down because there are a lot of engineers, a lot of people working for insights and intels and yeah. all kinds of stuff like that. So, so what was going on there? So when I was 19, actually, um, I was a, uh, I was working for a telemarketing company, just selling long distance plans. So I was making 450 calls which, a day. Which, which company that's not in existence anymore? That, that would be called the first group. Okay. Um, so we were resellers of AT&T and Sprint. Got it. 450 calls a day, getting cursed out 30% of the we'll time. call it a boiler room. I get it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, you know, and I'm like in the, you know, top 2%. Yeah. And so my friend, good friend, was the, the head of computers back then. And I told him, I remember telling him, hey, man, uh, I need to learn computers because I don't know anything. Like I didn't deal with them in high school, didn't know anything about them. And I remember one day he's showing me how to use the computer and he said, he's like, right click. And I'm like, what? Like, I don't even know what he means. And, uh, and he says, wow, you could never do computers. And so. Got I've it. Had, so your strategy was when you get called out, you get motivated. 
So, but the problem is- Jessica's got to learn that one or she knows it. Okay. It's not a strategy. It's an automatic programming. Got it. And so it's an, I'll show you. So my, my major decisions all the way up till, you know, probably 30 is, uh, you know, if someone challenged me, then I would go do that thing. And in the absence of being challenged, I would get bored. So I had a lot of careers that went like this. So, you know, Haterade literally is my Gatorade, but being aware of that program, I don't have to be on autopilot, but I was back then. So for the next six years, I pursue my IT career. And, and one day I'm like, I don't even like computers that much. Why am I doing this? And, uh, and so that's, so you, know. you, so you, so let me ask you, this is interesting. So you say <laughs> that out loud did, and I, I just, cause I, I spent, you know, I spent hours talking with each other over the years and then yeah. um, I never, never knew the answer to these questions. It's just interesting to me to, yeah. to ask this, this stuff. So, so what happened is you, did you speak it into existence? Like, I don't want to be here anymore. And then boom, opportunity showed up or did opportunity was there all along? Like, and I don't mean metaphorically. I mean, I, so many times in my life I've said, I want to help people, more people. And then boom, something shows up three days later that I can now see. So did you start to hate it and create a problem for yourself, which, which, which then showed an opportunity meeting or something like what was the order of that? Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I kind of, once I, once I went into that insurance company, which was 2004, I, um, I just kind of realized, I think two things happened. One, because most people that was at that at my salary for the county government never leave. I mean, they're lifers because I, I worked up to you know a pretty good salary there. And you know, you just write out retirement, you know, and that's just how most people do it. And me, me going into the private sector from that safe position was kind of a hey, let's see if I can do this. And that gave me some confidence that I didn't have before. And and I think at that point it's like, oh, okay. I'm not really being questioned anymore. I've kind of, I can do this. And so that led to some boredom, which led to some, I wonder what else I could do. I wonder what else is out there. And then that's when I started noticing real estate in a different way. Got it. Got it. And how long did you do real estate still? So uh, 2004 to five, I was doing it part-time and then 2005 till, you know, when the market crashed, I kind of still hung in there till about 2009 and, uh, and got wiped out. <laughs> got, okay. So you got, you got destroyed. The market messed you up. I got a good phone call prior to that. That's a story in itself. Someone asked me in 2008, what's your position in the market? I'm like, what the hell does that mean? He goes, what do you own? He goes, get out of everything. And I got a really weird phone call. I wish I would have called. I wish I would have known you back then. I would have called you, yeah. but because you're motivated by challenges and problems and you like solving shit, you basically solve something, correct? What else can I do? And then you're Spidey yeah. senses uh, came out, correct? So, so you got then introduced. That when direct sales started. So, um, two thousand, the end of two thousand eight. Um, I'm officially wiped out. I mean, I'm just yeah. wiped. Out What's your definition that? of wiped out? Because I know wealthy people wiped out to them as an extra million in the bank. I know wiped I out so- is also. What's I up? was selling my own, I was selling my own furniture. I sold my okay. high school class ring. I was selling my comic book collection as from a kid. And you like got I'm, two kids at this point? At that point, I have two kids. And at that point, I'd gone through a divorce. Okay. So you got divorced. You got two kids. This is the part I want to ask you. How did you explain to your kids we're selling the furniture? Like, I just want to know, like, what's that? What does that script look like? I know you're good at scripts, but yeah. I mean, what is that? What would that <laughs> script look like? Like, hey, son, hey, hey I just want to let you know we're selling the furniture. Like, what did you say? You know, to be honest, there was a, a period of time where, um, you know, me and the mom weren't 
getting along. And there's a Got period it. of time where I didn't have a lot of quality time with the kids. Got it. Um, it was about, you know, about maybe a year or so, but I had already, you know, we were already divorced at that point. Okay. Um, and so, uh, there's a lot of conversations I really didn't have with them and, you know, which is probably which healthy and made it easier, right? I don't know about making it easier, but, um, you know, just, you know, that, that period of my life, I was so stressed out that I just didn't have to be honest, being a good dad was not my highest priority. I was Got too stressed out and depressed. Got it. Okay. So, so what, walk, walk me into this. So you got introduced to direct sales when I, when I met you, and this is, this is what I told everybody at the beginning, I would say how we met. I literally said to a guy on my team, a guy named Steve, this is how we got to this podcast today. There's a guy named Steve. And I said to Steve, find people that are incredible at direct sales and network marketing. This is what I said. This was very, very simple. This was pre Facebook advertising free. I mean, this is like, I mean, you have to understand how long ago it was that you and I connected, find yeah. somebody incredible at direct sales find them and call them. Do you know what I'm saying? And let's see if we can help them with something. I mean, literally you were on a list of like 10 people that got contacted and then mm -hmm. you and I started working. I mean, literally it was, there was, what about this guy? No, not good enough. What about this guy? Not good enough. What about this guy? What about this guy? What about this guy? And we went industry specific. It was like, I wanted to work with incredible human beings that were on the break of doing something very powerful. So if there was an algorithm that came up, there was a guy named Ray Higdon that was listed as a doing phenomenal in direct sales, making big things happen, and is probably going to be the future of this industry and what we would call an influencer today, because we didn't have that word back then. So I basically right. said, go find people that do incredible shit right now that are going to still be doing well in a couple of years. Did you know that that's how we found you? I mean, that's I did not know. you didn't know. So take it as a compliment. That is, there was no yeah. algorithm for it. There was no search qualification <laughs> and your name popped up. And then when we connected and we worked together for a while on different things, what was so yeah. cool about it was, we were heading on a similar path. It was uh, making a difference, helping people copy yep. all that stuff. So, so when did you, so you got into sales, that's what started, correct? Like you were in sales when it was real estate, right? Sales. Who sold well, you on marketing? Cause that's a whole different animal. Well, I was always, I mean, even though I was in real estate, I was an investor, not a, not a realtor. I was always marketing. So I was so always you never, you never were traditionally trained in sales. Um, tr well, I mean, Yes, in different spaces. So one of the stints that I did um, when real estate started tanking is I, I, went, um, I went on the road as a speaker. So I was 22 days a month in Chicago, Phoenix, Miami, LA. And you are a great speaker. Selling a $7,000 package and a 90-minute pitch to a cold audience. Got and it. so that'll build your muscles. Um, yep. So you know, I did Been that. There. When I, uh, in 2000, maybe six, I bought an advertising franchise and went... Uh, business door to door selling advertising. Um, so you know, I've had a lot of different sales you know experiences, and um, and then of course you know selling our own you know stuff now. Um, but uh, but yeah, you know when I got introduced to or not, I shouldn't say introduced because I had tried network marketing in the past, and and I just I didn't like it to be honest. Um, but when I was reintroduced to it in two thousand nine. I really didn't have many options. No one was hiring because everyone around me was affected by uh, the real estate crash. I'm dead broke. My credit is shot. I'm like, man, there's like two credit cards left that have, haven't yet figured out I'm not paying them. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to figure this thing out. And I joined uh, July 15th, I believe, 2009 and um, became the number one income earner of that company. And then 
uh, we, people started asking us to coach and train them on what we were doing. And that's what kind of led us to what we do now. I, I love it. And so this, it's interesting. You and I have so many backstories. I, I have been, I've been around this industry since 1999 and direct sales. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got, I, I'm the guy that never had a job. I'm the guy that I got introduced to network marketing at in college, telecard network selling telephone services. And yes, I got a boiler and background like you do nice. sold the stuff from stage. We've done 80, hundred million dollars in sales within our own company in the last uh, 15 years. And awesome. what's, yeah, I mean, we've done very well at what we do under the radar. Um, we don't really put ourselves out there. I'm not a, I'm not a social, but I'm a very introverted extrovert at what we do. Yet, yeah, what's interesting about watching the the algorithm of how this works is when I said traditionally trained in sales, I think a lot of people think they have to do sales. You understand people and you understand what drives you and what motivates you to do what it is that you're doing. And the big question that I that I really want to figure out is you were originally motivated. I got your book and I want you to talk about that here in a little bit. When we first met, your biggest thing is you wanted to impact people. You always cared. Like I remember us talking on the phone one day during a coaching session. You said like, I've got these leaders I love. How do I get them to believe in themselves more? What could we do? We talked about copy. We talked about using your skills you had. Talk to me about the transition because you got your book out there. This is a big thing because when we finally got past the money thing in our lives and no one's really ever passed the money thing when it's less of a, a fire sale, when we're less worried about right. it. And I see it there. We got time you need to get money, freedom, all that stuff. Those are three radically different things. Um, talk to me about the day you realized that you don't have to chase money anymore and that you're really, and I believe you're motivated by time. And then eventually this freedom concept, because I want you to talk about your book. Cause I know it's not just for direct sales, not just right. for network marketing. It's for any human being on earth. And if anything in 2020 taught us anything, you do not have those three things solid. Your life sucks. So you had a period of your life that was motivated about making money, early thirties, figuring it out. Right. When was the day when you looked in the mirror, maybe you said it to your wife, maybe you said it to yourself where you said, we don't have to chase money anymore. Like what did that? Um, I think it came to me a little uh, differently than that kind of realization. It actually, I want to, I want to hear yours. That's just, I'm only seeing three words on a, on a, on a book title. Oh, sure. Sure. Um, what made me realize what really fired me up and had meaning because, um, you know, I, I had hit, you know, over the years, you know, I'd hit different goals. I wanted to have a million dollar year, hit a million dollar month, million dollar weekend. And like, you know, every new goal didn't, I was hitting, but I wasn't really feeling anything. It was like, like, okay, next, next, next. And, but looking back, there was one thing that just, stuck with me for so long, for so many years and still to this day does. And that was, uh, I was, you know, building our team and I was asked to come up to Myrtle beach and do a opportunity meeting and a, and a training. So I go up there and I, this was, this is, this is the first time I can remember this feeling of kind of being told what I should share. Cause I just had this voice say, tell your dad's story, which I had never shared before. And since then, almost every presentation I do, I get, you know, I get an intuition of what to share. And so it was like, tell your dad's story. And so I'd never shared it, but I, I share my dad's story after the opportunity meeting during the training. And the dad's story is, um, you know, I went uh, 13 years without talking to my dad. He had never met my sons. And, um, you know, I go to this event. It, it encourages me that 
repair relationship with dad is on a to-do list with no priority. And what happens is people die, you know, when you have a to-do list with no priority. And so I called him, went up to Indiana to see him. He met, you know, met his grandsons for the very first time. They were, I think, nine and 10 at the time. And, uh, and I come home and like the next week is when I was introduced to that network marketing company. And so I believe when you clear up some of the past garbage and resentment and anger and all that stuff, that new opportunities show up for you. Because I really believe if I would have been shown that two weeks prior, I would have, I would have just said no to it uh, because it's it just for whatever reason. Now, I share this story, and I, which I'd never shared before. When I'm finished, the guy that called me up there, Kenneth, he's walking down the aisle, tears running down his face. And I'm like, man, that, you know, that really you know, hits you hard. And he said, I, he's like, I just can't believe you just shared that story. I haven't talked to my dad in 17 years. Tomorrow I fly out for his funeral. Wow. And I'm like, Oh man, like that, like first I blame myself. Like I could have shared this with earlier, you know, why was I more vulnerable? And it just made me realize a couple things. It made me realize how, how many people need some of the help that I've gone through and how many transformations I've gone through and breakthroughs and that I stop, I need to stop being Superman and being like, I'm perfect in every way. And I, I needed to be more vulnerable. And since then I've shared that story thousands of times. I have so many emails and letters from people that have repaired relationships with moms, dads, different things. I have three letters, which are um, wild and I'm, and I'm honored where they heard my story they, all three of them are dads in this scenario, but they um, repaired a relationship with their dad after hearing my story. And shortly thereafter, they died. The dad died. And so like literally there was a time and space where if they heard my story, this would happen. If they didn't, it wouldn't have happened. And, and so it, that is what made me realize that, you know, helping people like, like really making that kind of difference is what's the most meaningful to me. And it just registers more, um, than just helping someone, you know, make more money or get more clients or, or whatever. And so that, that's really the realization of, you know, when it, what fires me up more. And, and that's that. Well, let me ask you this question. So in the traditional sense, anybody sees the title, I'm going to tell everyone, I know you'll tell them later how to do it. how to get yours, Jessica's <laughs> book, uh, time, money, freedom, how to get that access that we'll do that in a couple of minutes. And everyone, I'm just going to tell you, if you wrote it, read it. And I always tell everyone, when you go buy a book, if you're looking at that book and you decide you're going to do it, you got to look at that thing and go, I'm going to turn that into a hundred bucks immediately. And everyone should look at every 20 and go, how do I make it make it a hundred? And if you can't do that, um, you get out of business. I don't know what's wrong with you. But the point is, um, let's talk about that word freedom for a minute. And then I want to talk to you about something I know that you're doing. I've been stalking you a little on the internet, watching something you've been up to these days. What does freedom mean to you now? I know what it means to someone who's trying to make money. I know what it means to Ray when he was broke on a couch selling furniture. What does freedom actually mean to you today? Because I've been seeing your posts even as of today. I don't need to, we don't need to get political on this or anything. If you want to, you can, yeah. I don't really care. But um, freedom, like what does that word mean to you and Jessica? Like what is that word mean? Because I know what it means to the network marketer, but what does it mean to a guy that's doing incredible things? Uh, to me, it's, it's moving forward in the world in a congruent in a, in a congruent manner of who you actually want to be, and and you know where you're not, um, for example, putting up with shitty clients or shitty customers. Um, you're not um, constantly comparing yourself with everybody else. You're not 
you know, frustrated because you think you should be here, but you're here. It's showing up in, in life in the manner that you want to be. And um, so, for example, uh, rule. So the book is the 10 rules to radically reshape your life. Rule number two is pluck your weeds. And some people, they hear that and they think, oh, just get rid of the negative people in your life. Well, that may be part of it, but really it's looking at your life, every single aspect and asking yourself, what's incongruent with who I want to be and figuring out how can we alter this? So uh, I don't know how much time we have, but, um, you know, like 10, 12. Yeah, there's, so I'll, I'll share a quick story. So um, shorten than this. We were at a, uh, we were at a charity auction, my wife and I, and they had this trip there and it was, uh, you know, to Belize. It was, you know, five days, five couples only private jet, private yacht, private chef, private Island, all everything. Right. And my wife is like, Ooh, man, that sounds amazing. You know, and everyone's excited. Me, I, I, it sounded like hell on earth. Like, I was just like, I don't know, you know, at the, at the moment, I didn't know why, but I'm just like, I hope we don't win this thing. That's what I'm thinking in my head. I don't say it out loud. And so on the way home, I'm thinking, I'm like, what the hell's wrong with me? Like, why, 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 why is that? Why did that feel so? When was this? Yucky? Uh, this was two years ago. Okay. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to figure this out because I want to be an amazing husband and I want to be, um, I, I want to be amazing in every category of, of my life. And this is something incongruent with who I want to be. And so I worked with, um, you know, I had a couple, I had some help, right. And basically in a hypnosis session, I remembered, cause I had blocked this out. I remembered that in the third grade, my teacher knew something was wrong. And because I was, I was being abused at home and had me start meeting with the guidance counselor, which I shared everything with, you know, eventually at first I was guarded, but I eventually got to like her, know her, be friends with her, shared everything with her. And then one day I show up and she has my my dad and my stepmom, who was the abuser. And she proceeds to tell every single thing I've ever told her because she thought they were too outrageous. And that I was just, I needed more attention. And that was the day. And I I look back and I forgive her because, you know, she was doing the best she could with what she thought was right. But that was the day I stopped trusting anybody. So being on a private Island, I can't escape. I have to talk with people. I have to like, you know, have actual conversations with people and it reminds me of, I saw a Jerry Seinfeld uh, special where he said, he talked a little bit about his um, social anxiety. And he says, listen, I can talk with all of you, but I can't talk with any of you. And he talked about how he would come off stage and he would just, you know, not feel right talking to people. And, um, you know, whether that's a, you know, worry of betrayal or self-worth or something, that's what I had. So I saw that as a terrible thing and uh, through you know, getting help, you know, and uh, really diving into that, I was able to pluck that weed. And, and I've, for the most part, eliminated my social anxiety issues. Wow. I love it. So the, so hypnosis session, you're talking my language. I love it. I know. So I know. Good for you, man. I've been, I've been at that yeah. for a while. I'm so happy you're, you're involved. So hypnosis, it's uh, yeah. a lot of times people think that word, they think herpes because it scares them. The word hypnosis, it scares people like, oh my God, what are you going to do to me? Right. It's like, if yeah. you tell people, you know, hypnosis, they think you have a disease, right? Yeah. But really it is, is it's amplifying the brain to be its 
a version of something I know you've been up to lately meditation. So yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to pick your brain on that for a couple of minutes. So, so freedom to you. And then I want to talk a little meditation because those two things go hand in hand. Yeah. Am I correct to say freedom to you is being able to be full version Ray anytime you want and not yeah. being anything other than you for anyone at any time, other than mm-hmm. it's necessary. I like that. That's worded so, very well. I like it. So does that sound like what you're able to live now that you couldn't in the past? Yeah. You know, I mean, anywhere from, you know, this last year, uh, you know, lost 30 pounds, still going, um, started dancing and did my first dance competition with my wife. Um, you're making all of us guys look bad, jerk. And I'm just, <laughs> good job, man. You're an inspiration. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and going from like, when I first started meditation, literally, I couldn't sit still for five minutes because of my thoughts and my body fighting me to, you know, now every day I do an hour, 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 15 meditation. And, and so, yeah, you know, um, just wanting and striving to be had to have mental mastery around every, every part of your craft and every part of your life. And that's what I've been, that's what I've been going for. I love it. I, and I got to ask you um, a big question here. So I'm going to ask you to simplify this because you're, you have the ability to simplify if you were, if you were forced to, and you had a group of people that their life depended on understanding meditation, they didn't know their life depended on it, but their life depended on, you didn't know it. And they wanted to get started because when a human being hears this, and I've been around again, I've been around this a long time and you hear the word meditation. It's like, Oh my God, that's hard. I've tried that. They can't even lay on their yoga mat at the end of a session for three minutes. Right. Right. If you had to give people a starting point for meditation, um, here's what, here's what I'd love you to give right now. I'd like, cause if this excites you, a benefit of a win, like in 30 seconds, explain a win that they'd get from doing it and how somebody would start their first three minutes of meditation and what they would do and how they know they're experiencing it. Because I, I've, I've never attempted to articulate it, but I think it's like people have an idea of what it's like to get drunk and then they get drunk and they go, that's not what they expected. They have an idea of the first kiss and it does not look like they did in the movies. Right. Um, right. So what is the benefit of somebody understanding meditation. We know Mike Tyson did it. We know every great athlete does it. The benefit in the number two, if I were like chips here on our team, if chip was to start, he's shooting the camera right now, chip started meditating for three minutes at his desk during lunch. What would he do? What would he feel? What would he experience? And how does he know he did it? That's the part I want you to figure out in three minutes. (laughs) So one, as far as a, a benefit is you get to move into a place where you're no longer just reacting and, you know, reacting to bad things, reacting to rush hour, reacting to someone trying to argue with you or, or whatever. That's, that's one of the early and, and powerful benefits if, if you're consistent. So if I'm telling someone where to start, it would be to start to build the muscle, right? So my first two months, at least maybe three of meditation, I did it absolutely wrong, but I did it every day. <laughs> so so and, if I wanted to do it wrong every day, what would I do? You would, um, and I, I, I'm a big fan of Joe Dispenza. So I yeah. follow Joe Dispenza's guided meditations so where he tells work. you to sit up. And so he wants, you know, he wants you to sit up straight and he's got a couple other things he does, but um, you know, because I didn't understand that, you know, my body, like I would sit for, 30 seconds, my shoulder would start hurting. My, my, my face would itch. My, my back would kind of hurt. And so I, I would, he'd tell me to sit up, I'd lay down. And, and so what I didn't realize is that was my body, mind fighting transformation. 
and that I needed to step into place and say, listen, I appreciate you, but I'm the master. And so, you know, at this point, I've now done four hour meditations and, and so and not not, you know, had maybe had a pain come up here and there, but I dismissed it. And and so that's just a very different place. You're not going to start there. So when people start, you're not going to be able to stop your racing thoughts. You're going to have pains if you even attempt to set up. And so, but if you build that muscle, so the first two or three months did it 100% wrong. Then I learned that the next two or three months, I did it maybe 50% right. And at this point, I now, you know, get into a zone every morning. I'm up at 4 a.m. I do an hour 15 meditation and no body aches, only benefit. I feel fantastic. I feel in control. I have new thoughts coming to me, new ideas. And I've also manifested some really cool stuff um, personally and business-wise. And I've manifested at least a dozen verbatim statements that others told me. <laughs> so you, 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 a lot of us randomly will get, we'll say something or think about someone to make it happen. You actually yeah. initiated it in your, in your trance state, in your meditation. Yeah, I'll give you an example. So I was, my wife and I decided that we were going to compete in dance yep. and uh, ballroom. So salsa, rumba, cha-cha, hustle. And, and so um, for four months, I had been going to lessons and I, I just was barely improving. I just, I, and, I, and I was going there and I was just like, oh, I'm doing my best here. And I realized I'm like, Man, I'm not even, I'm not using my mind here. I'm not using my mental power. And so in, you know, after my meditation is when I kind of focus on what I want to, you know, see what I want to you know, witness. And so I came up with two statements. Uh, I saw my instructor say, wow, impressive. And I saw the studio owner say, she's Serbian, little accent, very much improved. And, you know, and I show up in four days, they both said those exact same phrases verbatim. And they even told me afterwards, a couple months later, they're like, you know, there was this one day that you showed up and just, you have been like getting so good, so much faster. And it's just like, I started telling myself different things and focusing on different things. That's, that's fascinating. I, I totally understand that I was, didn't train for a marathon once at all. And I had to run it the next morning. And I literally, then I mean, I totally get it. The night before I went to bed, I put myself in a trance and I did six months of training in my head prior. I didn't run well. I didn't do a great job, but at least I was, I was able to complete it. So th this is what's so interesting about this conversation. You know, we got to wrap because I uh, hit our timeline here, here in a couple of minutes. One thing that I recognize, and I also want to find out how people can get a hold of you and get a hold of that great book. Sure. And I'm excited to read that myself. This is um, an interesting thing I've learned, no matter how many leaders I meet with, anybody who's passed the money mark, passed all that stuff. The amount of conversations I have with them that are not about business, not about marketing, not about pixels, not about copy, not about sales, not about scripts, and are about operating yourself as an incredible human being yeah. is paramount. So I'm just going to ask you this, should people wait until one day the money thing is out of the way and start working on themselves? Or do they need to do that prior? Because it just looks like, hey, Ray and Jessica figured it out. They got a great home, great kids. Now they're healing their past and they're finishing their, now they're going to seminars and events. True or yeah. not true? It's interesting. So I think, you know, and, and, and I just had this conversation with uh, a friend of mine and he has a lot of clients that are at 50 million a year, hundred million a year, or their companies are 50 million or hundred million. And now they're seeking joy because they realize that's, that didn't do it for them. Yep. And so there's never a bad time to seek joy. There's never a bad time to seek healing. There's never a bad time to seek forgiveness. 
And it doesn't mean that they have to be different periods. Um, you know, for me, it's, I've done like some understanding of myself and, you know, built a business, some understanding this last year, I've been so focused on just figuring me out and, and, you know, improving the areas of me that, that I wanted to, that, uh, just so happened to work this way, but there's never a bad time to seek joy. You know, um, you know, you, you being successful and unhappy is not, not a great answer. And so, um, and you lose time. You know, I look back at, there are definitely years with my older sons that I wish I could get back. I can't. And, you know, I can do a good job with my two young ones. Right. And I've repaired relationship with my oldest son, who was, it was very rocky for a long time. But, you know, you seeking joy now does not have to be separate from also chasing the money. Go make the money. Yeah, go for it, man. Do, do your thing. Improve lives, you know, through that and help people through that and provide value. But also, you know, seek, you know, your forgiveness. Seek, seek what you need to make you actually happy. And so start being that person that's happy versus always becoming that person. Because there's always a gap. If you're always becoming, if you're always going to get there and then get there and get there, then it's always away from you. Start embodying that person and you'll see things really change. I love it. I love it. And I got to, I got to tell you, Hey, I got to, I sent you a message a couple of months ago. And I said, I just want to let you know, if I haven't told you super proud of what you're becoming, what you're doing, I got to just tell you watching from the outside, knowing you now for 10, 12 years, and then looking at what you've wanted to create, you did create and what you and your wife have developed as a life. I got to tell you watching from the outside, super honored to, to know you proud of, proud of you, what it is you're doing. And I got to tell you, the world deserves to, without a doubt, um, get involved with what it is that you've got going on. So your book, time, money, freedom, how yeah. does somebody get that physically in their hands in front of their eyes? Um, obviously yeah. they know to buy it, but what's the best way to access that book? Yeah. And I'm honored. You know, we had, I didn't, um, I didn't expect all this when, when we wrote it, but I have, amazing testimonials from people like Jack Canfield, Mark Victor Hansen, John Assaraf, uh, pretty, pretty soon you, hopefully. And well, uh, without a doubt, I'll read it. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll, absolutely. It's published, it's published by Hay House. And, um, you know, the easiest is tmfbook.com okay. stands for, you know, time, money, freedom, book.com tmfbook.com. And uh, on there, you'll see, you know, how to order it. Uh, we've had a lot of groups that order it for their, their leaders or order it for their, you know, sales team or, or whatever. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's really about you, about the person, the reader, improving their finances and improving their relationships with others, but also with themselves. And we just share our journey and our 10 rules. I love it. And as I frame always to our audience, always, I always say this, the book's 20, 30 bucks, whatever it is, turn it into a hundred immediately. And the brain sure. should click as you're clicking the purchase, whether you're buying a bulk amount, I'm just going to tell everyone, go to the website. It's tmfbook.com. Is that correct? Yep. Tmfbook.com. Get the book. And here's why just having a book that says time, money, freedom, sitting on your nightstand, it's automatically subliminal. It just gets you go for what it is you want. Have a copy at your office. Everyone should be getting at least two of these. And I get nothing for saying this right now. I'm just telling you that is a hypnotic book in itself. Whether you realize that the cover hypnotizes you to give you your focus. You ever feel lack of focus in life? Get one for your car too, to sit next to you. I always tell everybody that as well. It says three books, 
pick it up and then you got to turn that into a couple of hundred bucks. So Ray, I got to tell you, I know you're at the, uh, the end of your time right now. I want to tell you, it's an honor. I'd love to pick this up again. And if we're able to yeah. in the future, I'd love to talk about just swapping stories one day of yeah. working with people. You've worked with tens of thousands of people. I'd love to swap yeah. stories, how we work to people and do a really cool candid uh, episode of that as well. So thank you for being on. Yeah. I appreciate you. And uh, thanks for your time. Go get the book, everybody. Thank you, Ray. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. Well, I got to commend you in advance and I appreciate you for doing what most people never do, finishing what it is you start. You made it to the end of the show and big question I got to ask you is, what are you going to implement? I know one of the biggest things that Ray talked about is really enjoying your life, joy, because at the end of the day, it really isn't about those words that he said, you know, it isn't just about having time. It isn't just about having money. It's about really having the freedom to do the things that you want to do. So here's a major recommendation. You got a second right now. You just heard this. You just watched. You just listened. Take a couple seconds and go apply one of these ideas in your life. That's really the biggest difference out there. Go get his book. And if you haven't already gotten a copy of Average Sucks, you definitely want to go ahead and do it. In a couple seconds, I'll pop something on and I'll show you how to get a copy as well. Because if you're watching this, subscribe. You're a person that says, I want to live an above average life. So super thrilled. Glad you joined us and check out the other episodes. If you haven't seen it. The reason why is every single one of them have chock full of nuts, all kinds of ideas on how you can live an above average life. Go get what you want and live a life that screams average sucks. Go get it. All right, look, let me give you one word. Starts with a C, changes everything for you. It's called confidence. Think of it this way. Everybody we look up to, everybody admire, video you're just watching, people you like, every single person from the performers to musicians to you know people in sports and business, they've got confidence. The question is, where do they get it from? How do you develop it? And if you don't have the level of confidence you need in any area of your life, I can guarantee you're playing small. My name is Michael Burnoff. In the last 20 years, I'd say that's the biggest thing I've been teaching people, how to develop confidence in their life and start getting what it is that you want. So here's the deal. You already have confidence, but you have it at a level. The question is, do you have it at the level you want? If not, we've got to break what your average confidence is. The biggest reason I wrote the book, Average Sucks. It's about taking the levels that you play in life, the things you do on a regular basis, screaming average sucks at them, most importantly, and starting to get what it is you want. Imagine having above average confidence, or even above average for you. What would that do for your finances? What would it do for your relationships? More importantly, what would it do for your health? Think of the way that you'd live as you become more of a confident person. So here's the biggest thing I've realized. People that lack confidence typically don't let people help them that easily. What I'm gonna ask you is make a move right now. Allow somebody to help you. I'll make the first move. I'm gonna give you this absolutely for free. This book, hardback, absolutely for free. All I'm gonna ask you to do is pick up the shipping. You do part of the job, I'll do the majority of it. Click the button down below. I wanna send you this book. Increase your confidence, start getting more of what you want, and start being a person that can walk around and not say, average sucks, like I'm better than you. It's you playing your higher level self. That's what this book's gonna show you how to do. Click the link, get the book. Let's work on this together.